Well, hello, Bobby. Hello, Taylor. How are you? Doing fantastic. Great. Thank you so much for being here for our very first View from 32 podcast for the Criterion. We're uh, really excited about it, and we are really happy to have you here. Thank you. I am beyond and over the moon to be part of this. What have you been up to, uh, creative-wise, in, in, in all of this? Have you been doing anything or writing? or? Well, let me say this about that. We call it BC, before COVID. <laughs> I was pretty active. I put out a CD with Peter Lindquist in 2018. We toured that 18 and 19. Uh, we had plans to go back into the studio and do another. However, uh, and then COVID happened. Uh, my husband and I were in Florida when the ball dropped. So two days after we got there, the state shut down. So I was not really able to do the open mic circuit. And so that whole creative thing kind of got um, put off a little. And at the time, it wasn't as serious as it is now. Right, yeah. So the, the good news is that in the campsite behind us, uh, a gentleman was standing out at the road talking to us. And he said, is that a guitar over there? And I said, well, yeah. Oh, do you play a little bit? And I said, just a little bit, because I wasn't going to go into that. And he says, oh do you play or something? Could you play? And I said, well, sure. And I was just not thinking it was serious. And he says, well, what are you doing Saturday night at six o'clock? And I said, uh, I'm doing a concert. He goes, where? And I said, that tree over there? Does <laughs> uh, that sound good? He says, yep, we'll be there. Well, Saturday came and I put my guitar over by the tree thinking nobody's going to show up. And I really wasn't excited about it. I just thought this was kind of right. silly. Well, sure enough, all I had to do was go sit by the tree, and I heard this little ruckus, and about eight golf carts showed up <laughs> full of people and their drinks. All right. And they sat there and listened to me play for a couple hours. Oh, wow. That's not the best part. The best part <laughs> is, instead of clapping, they did their little um, golf cart horns that go, meet, meet. <laughs> it was the best. And then that I did like it the night. next week, and 25 golf cart showed up. Oh my gosh. And that was really great. And then of course we had to leave after that. Right. So that was about as creative as I got and I did a couple gigs. That was fun. Well good. Yeah I know this whole thing is kind of wrecking everyone's plans and especially um, like we were chatting about live live musicians and um, crew people. Everyone's kind of hurting right now. Dude, that's it's, right. It's too bad. I read um, 77,000 of mm. us are either out of work never to return to is some that, of us. Is that the number right now? Yeah about? that's the yeah. number right now. And I'm not it's kind of terrible. union. Union, they're, right. they're set. But, right. but um, these are musicians that may not get it back. Yeah, it's true. It's I'm the most fortunate musician I know. I live in this area, and I grew up with everybody here, right. basically, for the right. last 30 years. And this is, I cannot tell you how wonderful it is to be in a, such a supportive mm. musician environment. Yeah, it, it really is a great place. Now, you've done music in other states as well, too. Yes. Um, have you found Maine to be... One of the most... I grew up in Bridgeton, Western Maine. Right. So my stomping grounds were North Conway. Okay. So that's really where I cut my teeth. Yeah. Um, my first gig was when I was 11. My, um, by the way, I am celebrating 50 years in this music business. Well, that's big news. That's huge yeah. news. I was going to have a party, and you were going to be invited. But we're going to We do, should still do that. We I can know. do a Zoom party. <laughs> we'll do a Zoom party, yeah. right, for 500 people. Yeah. Um, so, um, my first gig was at the ice cream store and I had my five songs and my three chords 
and I played those over and over and over, and my pay was as much ice cream as I could eat. Mm, for, a, I, for an 11-year-old, you can put away lot. some ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody had made a phone call. My father showed up, and I thought I was in trouble, which I kind of was. And uh, he was waiting for me when I left. I thought I was going to get away with it and walk home. <laughs> but he was out there, and he had a Corvair. And I got in that Corvair ready, ready for a lecture, and I was ready to start crying because that usually worked. Right, yep. Oh, yeah. And he said, Barbara Ann, <laughs> never ever again will you ever play for nothing. From this day forward, you are a professional musician. Okay, Daddy. <laughs> Phew, I didn't know what it meant. I just knew it was a big word and I liked it. Yeah, exactly. It sounds good. <laughs> and I yeah. never did. It sounds really good. Um, well, that's cool. So, you know, growing up, being a musician from an early age, what are some of your early influences that got you into music, that got you started? Who do you um, look at and say, I want to be like this person? My sisters were 10 and more years older than I was. Okay. So I listened to what they listened to when mm. they came to visit. Sure. Uh, so it didn't really matter what it was. I just did it. So sometimes it was Elvis, and sometimes it was Dylan, and sometimes it was... Uh, Everly Brothers, and sometimes it went, it was all over gotcha. the place. However, when I became a teenager and Dylan happened, that was magic. Mm. And then uh, Joni Mitchell happened. Okay. And I was just lost in Joni Mitchell. Okay. And so, I learned every song on every album she ever put out. I love it. Yeah, I was, I was a groupie for sure. That's awesome. So Dylan and Joni Mitchell. And Joan Baez and Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson. So the singer-songwriter type mm -hmm. person really just, mm -hmm. that drew, you, you yeah. drew to that. It yeah. was the feeling I got when they spoke. Right. I didn't really hear it as singing and music. I heard it as the words that made my heart do things. Gotcha. Yeah, you know? I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. That's awesome. Um, is, are they what made you want to start writing music? Mm -hmm. what, what, what made you want to start? Did you just always have a love for it? When I was four years old, I lined all my animals, my stuffed animals up against the wall, and I did a show. Okay. And, it, and I uh, tapped the Good Ship Lollipop on my toy box. And I got a standing O for a long time. That yeah. was pretty magic. I thought you were was, their number one fan. I was. Yeah. So entertaining was what I really wanted to do. Gotcha. And then when I became a musician, mm. it was the music part I wanted. Right. And it wasn't until later that I put the two together. Gotcha. I wasn't always an entertainer, and I wasn't always a musician. I was yeah, always well, it one is, or the other. It is two different things. It really it is. Because anyone can, you, well, not anybody, but you can stand on a stage and play songs and not be entertaining. Correct. And you can also entertain so, without playing songs. So you, yeah, it's a, yeah, a good balance of trying to find the two. Yes, and for the last, I would say when I really came into Bar Harbor, Maine, um, entertaining was easy. Mm. I could just be myself. Yep. And I could be fallible. I could not have a good night. Right. I could be right on, mm. right not. I could have the best night. Could have the, and it was okay with everyone. Right. And yeah. I practice a lot. You know, it's very important to me to get it right. I oh, went to music absolutely. school. And in college, um, you know, they beat it into you. You practice until you can't get it wrong. Right. And I still, I would love to say I don't get it wrong, but I do. Uh, However, I like to practice still. Yeah. I had that a teacher once um, when I was learning how to play. He said, if you, can, you need to be able to play the same thing 10 times in a row without messing it up. If you can do that, you've got it. You go to the next and, one. Yeah. yeah. 
and it takes way longer than you think it does to do 10 in a row without messing up one thing. But it's good. It's good for you. And like you said, you want to be perfect when you go out there and play. Yeah. And, and you know, music isn't about always being perfect all the time, but it makes you feel good as a an entertainer. And, yeah, as a technician, as a technician and somebody technician. that loves it to say, yes. that was perfect. Mm -hmm. I did that perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. As I get older, my hands are not as cooperative. I've had about seven surgeries on my hands. Oh, wow. So every time I'm done with that surgery, I go back and make sure I can do the thing. That Whatever. muscle memory. Yeah, make yeah. sure it's all, everybody's in place. Yep. I can still do everything. I just can't do it as long. Mm. You know, so I have that song coming up. I do it the one time and I'm done. Yeah. I don't practice it all the time. It's like, yeah. here it comes. We're going to do it the one time and hope it's perfect. <laughs> I totally get that. I totally get that. So uh, talk to me a little bit about your, about your music, about recording, about, um, you know, your CDs. What, what, do you, what do you do? How, do, you, how, do? how can people listen to your music? I <clears throat> am a firm believer in live music paying for itself. When I started to dive into, I put about oh, three CDs out, I guess. Okay, wow. And... I have all kinds of opportunities to, to go and stream it and Spotify and CD Baby and, and all that. However, there's nothing more magic to me than when I'm a live show and somebody literally walks right up to me, plops down some money, and they take home a product. Mm -hmm. That's magic. Even better is when somebody emails me and says, here's a $10 bill. That's just, that just still I get that. Yeah. Or um, they can Venmo me. PayPal me, okay. and I literally put them in the mail, you know, with the stamp and all that. The mail. A stamp? What's a that? stamp no. <laughs> and mail, and they open it on the other side, and there I am. That is still wonderful to me. Totally. A analog. It's so analog. Yeah. It really is. I love it. Well, we'll be sure to put your your links down in, in the video description mm -hmm. um, so that people can check out your music. Do mm -hmm. you have a, a website that people can, can Facebook. check? Facebook. Facebook. If All you right. go on Facebook and go to Bobby Lane Channel, okay. you can avoid me with impeccable accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I don't know, personal life. You got kids? How many kids you have? Well, let's see. Um, I met my husband in... Oh, gosh, 87, okay. I guess. And uh, we moved in together in 89. He had two. Okay. I had two. And so we just kind of became a farming unit. He yeah. went to work and did the job thing. I stayed home and did the kid thing. Okay. That worked really well for a long time. And then realizing that we were going to be a couple, we decided to build a house. Um, and th that was wonderful. Uh, they're all grown up and gone now. All right. My, they are, what, 39, 35, 35, and 34. I all think. Right. And they are all the most amazing humans ever. I am proud of all of them. Yeah, kids are really amazing part of your, really, of your life. Are. You know, I've got two little ones, and it's just so fun. It's, they're growing up way too fast. Pretty soon they'll be 39 and 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's really fun. Are they into music at all? Did, did no. They, no? No. Interesting. No, um, they all can, you know, play a mean radio. Yeah. But none of them really took to it. My son, who's the baby, um, I don't think he realizes how talented he is. Mm. You know, he's the one. Yeah. And went, wow. And uh, he had a guitar, and uh, he played a lot. And then he would sing, but he wouldn't sing in front of anybody. But yeah. every once in a while, I could hear him, and I went, oh, my gosh. He can sing. Yep. But he just doesn't know. 
Yeah. Now he does because I just told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So sorry about that. Um, well, that's cool. Um, so the other thing, too, that I wanted to, to talk about with you is the music festival that you started. Um, Bobby Stock? Yeah, that's well, the one. I want to hear a little bit about that. It started innocently enough, like all do, you know, a couple of beers and a shot of tequila. And the next thing I know... That's how a lot of things start. Exactly. <laughs> and the next thing I know, we are on a train playing music to 200 people. And... The next day, we've got 500 people in my driveway with 10 bands for the day. All right. I mean, it went so fast. We did that party four years. Um, I really wish I could say that it was always fun. Hmm. But for the most part, it was a blast. Yeah. What a fun thing to do. Um, I was so fortunate that all the bands in the area, and I mean pretty much all of them, were able to come and play, and they played for free. Yeah, see, that's, that's so cool. That is a huge deal because as a musician who doesn't play for free, mm. I felt that was a huge ask Yeah, for them to do that. But it was really more about getting together, and it was supposed to just be a jam. Right. Well, then without, without an audience, why? And then, well, what if we had this small stage? What if we had a big stage, too, so we could do this stage, then that stage? What if we had vendors? Well, what if we had... <laughs> we're going to need some porta potties We're going to need... And it became a huge party. Well, that's really fun. Well, it was and, fun. And like you're saying about, you know, musicians, it's really a community. And so uh, a place to get together where people can, you know, show their art, exactly. their music, just to some people that might have not heard it. Right. Maybe sell some CDs. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh, it was great. We had food yeah. art. I mean, vendors came. We had food mm-hmm. everywhere. And we have um, the most amazing cooks around, chefs and cooks yeah. in the music world. Who knew? But right. they came to my house and cooked on the grill. And <laughs> I mean, the whole other yard was just full of, you know, steam tables and barbecues. And it was yeah. wonderful. It was That's a great cool. party. Great party. I love it. I love it. So, Bobby Stock, did you ever do any touring, any any traveling, playing When music? I was in my 20s, okay. I lived in North Conway, and I had an agent okay. and a manager. And they sent me wherever. Now, it was totally different than this. This mm. is when you have an agent and manager, you sign a contract, they get a percentage of what you do, and right. you just get directions and believe it was just directions. So like I go went, here, play here. Yeah, at this and time. this is how you do it, and this is what you do, and yeah. this is liner notes, contracts, yep. that kind of thing. Yep. And so I did that for about a year and a half, and it took about a year and a half for me to figure out that wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm. I got sent to a pretty, pretty awful place in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I didn't know that there were venues. I'd only seen it on TV that have nets in front of the stage, and I didn't know why. <laughs> so I went to this venue. I can't say that I even know why right now. Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Good. Um, and I was only 20, 21, 20, 21 at the time. Okay, so just still a just a kid. baby, yeah. you know, just a kid. And I went to this place, and it was uh, down in a cellar, so I had to lug my own gear, and I had Randall Columns then on my shoulders, mm. lugging gear into this venue in a cellar. I got there and saw this net in front, didn't even think about it. And the stage was just kind of gross, but I got business to do. I can't be, you sure. know. Set it all up. I'm halfway through the first song. I don't remember what it was. And I felt something splash on me. And I looked up and I couldn't, what was that? And I put my head back down. I was into my music, whatever it was. 
and I felt another splash and I saw something go past me and I looked and it was a tomato. That's what the nets are for. It's people, just a common occurrence that people common just throw thing. food and drinks. Throw, and yeah, it, the, it was what, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it, <laughs> I was, I did everything wrong, everything wrong. First of all, I was indignant. <laughs> indignant 21 years old the little woman's pissed now right so yeah <laughs> I get well down. I mean I would have been too probably I put my guitar down I marched my little self I think about this now and it's the guy he could have just killed me in one swat <laughs> and I went right down and I saw the guy and I poked him on the chest and I called him a bunch of names <laughs> and I'm thinking now oh, he could have just killed me right there but he didn't and he just looked at me like I had three heads and I went up there, and I packed up my gear and went home. So this and was a venue, bar? What was it? It was a bar. How did he get, um, where did he get a tomato in a bar? I think they bring them. Oh, fun. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> okay. part of the thing. It's part of the oh, thing. Oh, that's just what they do. That's what they do. It's that bar. Okay, so you play there, and, and you I, might get hit with fruit. Yep, and I went home and fired the agent. That's what I did. That sounds like <laughs> that was the end of that. a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was the best choice I ever made. Because easier, then easier to do it, was it on your own. It was easier because I could deal with club owners myself. Right. I and, didn't and have to. And actually ask the questions like, hey, exactly. am I going to get a tomato thrown at me? Yeah. Or are we cool? Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> right. I didn't have to deal with the club owner that spoke perfect English when the contract was made and then didn't know English when the time to pay. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Um, so... Uh, I'm sure you've had you have some crazy stories from your travels, such as that. Mm -hmm. uh, any others pop to your mind? I have a lot that you of can road share. Stories. I do. I have a lot of road stories. I would like to do a project actually to have musicians I know come to my house, and we'll sit around in a circle, and each of us will tell our road story because musicians and road stories. I mean, they're the best. They're the it's best. It's so true. It is so true, and just trade. Stories and then play a song. Yeah. And then trade another story, play a song. That's we'll a great idea. On, doesn't that sound that'd like a, a blast? That'd be a good, I think uh, you need good to podcast episode. That. It would, <laughs> wouldn't it? So my favorite one, I was playing in a local place, and I was doing this ACDC thing, and the band was behind me and everything else. And people, this was only 10 years ago. Okay. And um, the audience in front, audience, we were in a bar, and they had their phones, and it was wonderful. And all of a sudden, the crowd got a little crazy, and they were laughing, and I didn't know why, and I looked sideways out of the corner of my eye, and the bass player's pants had fallen down, <laughs> and he had gone commando that night. <laughs> yeah, that was a real fun time, and he didn't bother. Didn't bother. He played no, the he whole... No, just rolled with no, it. No, just rolled with it. What right. are you going to do? <laughs> the <laughs> music must carry on. <laughs> uh, I guess so. You know, that's one of my favorite road stories. I mean, I've got a lot of them, oh, but that's the most I'm sure. recent. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so I guess I, I'd love to hear also, you're going to play some songs for us here in a minute. I am. Um, you want to talk about what you're going to play? Um, I have a, you know, a um, kind of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I have four songs that I do. He loves me. He hates me. I'm leaving him. I'm coming back songs. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, my grateful songs and not so grateful songs. Mm. I'm a folk singer. So that's what I do. You know, some are sad and some are not. Yeah. You know, so my, when I, what I tell customers when they're in front of me, I say, I play an eclectic mix. Yeah. Of acoustic that, folk that's rock a good, and jazz. That's a good description of what, you know, of that. because yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah. 
I don't know musicians that want to peg themselves into a stereotype anyway. Right. I totally I get that. I certainly don't want to do that. I totally get that. It's mm -hmm. funny. My wife and I write a little bit here and there, and we always start, uh, yeah, right, we write and record and play, and uh, it's fun. We enjoy it. it. Um, good. And we, we set out, we're, we're like, okay, we're going to write a real, like upbeat, happy song. And then we just write a super sad, depressing song. Mm -hmm. That's just the way, I don't know what it is. It's Music just, makes sad songs really happy. It, I know, it's true. And Bluegrass. I feel, we, yeah, every time we write a song, it's just like, well, that took a turn. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, every single time. You don't, I, I sometimes think when you, I don't think I've ever sat down to write. Mm. It's there when I wake up or it's there right then. So you have to do it right then. Yeah. So whatever's going on is right then. Just keep your guitar out and just... All the time. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Yep. I really do have to say, though, in the last 10 years, I haven't been as creative because my life is kind of manageable and good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, you know, when you have four kids, there's material all day. That's very true. That's <laughs> you know? very true. Yeah. So, and now I don't have the kids home. I'm not as busy now. My life is manageable. Mm. So the material has kind of slipped away. So I have yeah. to write songs that are more benign than anything. Right. Grateful songs. Yep. You know, totally. Well, there's songs. a lot to be thankful for. You know, yep. even even right now during all this, there is a lot to be thankful for. I know one of my favorite artists. He's a videographer, and he always says that he says I w I wish that I would have gone through harder things in my life. You know, to somehow make my art richer in some way that, you know, because some, some people go through something and they write these beautiful songs that come from an actual something they've gone through and it's, it's beautiful. And yeah, when you, when, when your yeah. life is amazing and everything's going great, it's, it is, it's hard to, you know, dig down and, and find something super deep to write about other than, you know, everything's good. Well, it takes a lot of work. It does. And it, a lot of money and therapy and all that to get to a point <laughs> where you can just be normal. Well, mm. normal doesn't sell. Mm. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Sell. It's so very true. Sometimes I feel like I need to just, I don't know, bring up stuff or, or make mm. up stuff. Mm -hmm. And at the risk of sounding like a country song, you know, th there's something to be said for jail and the dog and the train. Just something you can't have a country song without them. You can't have a no. little whiskey. Have <laughs> and whiskey, Everything's fine. women. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Well, that's cool. I really appreciate you chatting with us, Bobby, and I'm looking forward to hearing you sing Great. some songs. I can't wait. Thank um, you so much for having absolutely. me. Absolutely, we're so excited, exciting. and this is going to be something that you know this is our first episode, and so you know it'll it'll morph, and we want to partner with people like you that, that well, want to come wait in. I can to hear from everybody else. I, I, I'm we're super excited. I know that we have you know several artists that are really excited about coming Great. in, and uh, I know there will be more um, that want to come in and share their experience and their stories and their art and their music, and so we're really looking forward to it, and we can't wait to to move forward with this. But we're we're really happy to to hear from you, so we're gonna. Dip out for a second. Okay. We're going to hear you play. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. So um, the first song I want to do for you today is uh, the title cut from an album that I made with Peter Lindquist. This is called Talk a Little Texan. There really isn't a lot of backstory. Uh, he does, uh, his history is a lot of music in Austin and Arizona, Texas, and my history is uh, not I'm here from Maine, so when I wrote this song, it was pretty poignant that we should do it together. So here we go. Mm -hmm. 
talk a little Texan to me, darling, and I will talk a little Mainer back to you. I can show you how to eat a lobster if you show me how to do the barbecue. I can show you how to dance the contra if you show me that two-step too. I will call you dear cause it means I'm glad to see you if you sing to me the yodelay. I can take you on the boat of fishing. I can show you how to cast yourself a line. You can take me riding with the cowboys as we sit upon the saddle so fine. We can sit upon the porch at sunset. We'll have ourselves a little glass of wine. You can have the surf and I can have the turf and we'll have ourselves a mighty fine time. Only one thing left to work out, dear. That's the mileage that's between the you and me. I don't think this is a problem when there is a thing that is the way you see. Planes and trains and buses roam the country, depending on where you want to be. I could winter there, or you could summer here, or we could just meet in Tennessee. You're lay yo. Okay, thank you everyone. So the next thing I want to do for you is uh, play the sad song because sad songs are very important to folk singers. Um, this song is about a woman who got dumped at a truck stop. Please don't ask me why I needed to write this, but I did. Um, this is about a girl who will never get over him. This is called God's Honest Lie. sunset with the lights of Salt Lake City looming up ahead we stopped for a bite to check the phone when I came out your Malibu was gone so The stars are in my head, not in the sky. Just tell me that we will be together for eternity. Please tell me the God's honest love. I started to catch on around midnight. When I didn't see hiding the hair of your Malibu These truckers here, they're looking at me, am I funny? So I hitched a ride with the one that looked like you So tell me 
that the stars are in my head, not in the sky. Just tell me that we will be together for eternity. Please tell me that God's honest life. been about 10 years since I saw you. You were squeezing some tomato in a grocery store. I hid behind the postcards and I watched you. When you're done with her, I'll come back for more. So That the stars are in my head, not in the sky. Just tell me that we will be together for eternity. Please tell me the God's honest life. Just tell me the God's honest life. Please. Please tell me the God's honest life. Thank you, everyone. Okay. So, uh, this next song's kind of fun, and I get requested a lot for this. I did a benefit for heat assistance back in the teens. And uh, I wrote this song about my husband. And for any of you that knows him, uh, that know him, he is the guy that keeps the bottom on the bottom. You never have to worry about what's going on with him. He's, he likes his routines, and he keeps everything the way it should be. And he's married to a musician who doesn't do any of that. Um, as a musician, I'm all over the place. My schedule's different every single day, uh, which means I have to fit in the other things that go along with being a musician. And then, of course, I am menopausal, which is a whole different thing. But anyway, so the name of this song is Steady Eddie. And it was a, it was a great song, and I, and I had a great time doing it. However, oh, for many weeks after I played this song, people would go to my husband's work and call him Steady Eddie. And that was great fun and everything. Roger will be more famous than I will ever be. So anyway, since that worked out so well, the next year I wrote another song for him called Numb Nuts, but that didn't nearly go as well as I'd hoped. So anyway, this is a Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie is what I call you When folks ask me how you are Steady Eddie is how they know that's Why it's worked so well so far Steady Eddie doesn't pull any punches He cooks in the kitchen and he's rugged and tough 
Steady Eddie makes all my lunches. There's only one crazy, and his humor's off the cuff. Well, there's only one crazy, that's me. There's only one lazy, that's me. And all of our days, he's Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie goes to work every morning. 7.52, he's never late. Steady Eddie comes home in the evening. 5.22, he opens the gate. Steady Eddie loves his weekends. He sleeps till 7, then he's on the run. Steady Eddie's got a tight agenda. Sudoku puzzles and cleaning his gun. He doesn't cry, no, that's me. There's only one why, no, and that's me. And that is how I know He's steady, Eddie. My in-laws think he's foolish. They can't understand a little girl like me. My in-laws, they all wish they had a cute little boy like steady, Eddie. Steady, is out there somewhere I could probably put a finger on his locale Steady Eddie might just surprise me Might have gone across the street with his pals There's only one lover for me And he's got it covered for me I hold all of my love for Steady Eddie Oh, Steady Hello, everybody. We want to thank you for joining us here at our premiere episode of The View from 32, live out of the 1932 Criterion Theater. We're so excited to be able to do this, to pull together stories of art and music and dance and all of the wonderful stories that come out of a beautiful old theater like this. This is the new, the new age. We are very glad to be here. And we thought that a segment on the spoken word could be represented well. I'm a, I'm a fan of poetry myself and thought that we could, we could bring a little section, a little selection every week to you. I've got a couple lined up, but I just wanted to open up with this about poetry. When there are people, there are poems. Some of the earliest writings known are in verse. And throughout human history, new poets have continued to appear, often without warning or preparation. Even young children can write real poems and like to do it, as the poet Kenneth Koch found when he taught creative writing to sixth graders in the New York's Public School 61. Whatever the reason for poetry's origins, it has continued to attract people, and our own century has proved to be a great period for it. Because poetry has consistently figured so large in human culture, many people have tried to define its true nature. It is painting that speaks the best words in the best order, the supreme fiction. It is a criticism of life, the breath of a finer spirit, of all knowledge. 
a little leaf in the drawer of a sublet room. The poet Wallace Stevens, who tried many definitions, once remarked, with seeming impatience, poetry is the sum of its attributes. This is from a book, uh, An Introduction to Poetry, Modern Poems, uh, edited by Richard Elman and Robert Eau Claire. And I thought for us here to start this out, I would uh, fall back on some beautiful old familiars for me. Now, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Robert Frost. Mr. Robert Frost is uh, just, just a wonderful wordsmith. He's got such a way to turn. And I've chosen a couple of his shorter poems to get us going in. This one is Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must, must think it's queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Miles to go before I sleep. This one is The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long as I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept for the first another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So thank you very much. That's our debut segment of poetry. We're wide open to suggestions, comments, questions, concerns. Please get a hold of us in any way you can. Snail mail, carrier pigeon, all the usual electronical devices and thank you so much we hope you've enjoyed this and we're gonna see you again next week thank you